0: And this is what's happening in your world tonight it's the news update from game time decisions
1: hey
0: everybody i'm cam stewart with your fantasy sports news update the memphis grizzlies icon moving on memphis trading point guard mike Conley jr to the utah jazz for a package consisting of Grayson allen jay crowder kyle corver the 23rd overall selection in this nba draft and a future first round pick the first rounder from 2020. This trade will be made official once the league wide moratorium ends on July 6th. Connolly has only played all of his 12 seasons in Memphis. The Vet averaged a career high 21.1 points a game, two this year. Very solid. The Grizz also own the number two overall pick in Thursday's NBA draft. After landing Connolly, Utah now expected to let Ricky Rubio leave as a free agent. The Houston Rockets are reportedly set to aggressively pursue Jimmy Butler as a free agent. This, according to the Houston Chronicle, Butler is seen as an ideal fit for Houston, both defensively and offensively. But it stands the Rockets are well over the salary cap right now and cannot sign Butler to a max contract. The 29-year-old expected to decline his $19.8 million player option with Philly in order to land a max deal in free agency. It's unclear if Butler's link to the Rockets is related to the saga surrounding Chris Paul. It was reported Tuesday that the all-star guard asked to be traded after a breakdown in his relationship with James Harden. The Rockets brass denying the claim Butler spent last season with Minnesota and Philly averaged 18.2 points, 5.3 boards, four assists in 55 games with the Sixers. As for Chris Paul, this story just in too. The New York Knicks say thanks, but no thanks. Turning down an apparent trade offer for Paul. Uh, It's going to be hard as we talked about before Paul, 34 years old now, and he's owned $124 million over the next three years. That's a lot of cash. The Knicks hold down the number three pick in Thursday's NBA draft and under the summer with $72 million in cap space for next year. Milwaukee Bucks forward Chris Middleton declining his $13.1 million player option. He'll become a free agent. However, Middleton and the Bucks are planning on working out a new long-term deal. The 27-year-old is eligible to sign a five-year $190 million max contract with Milwaukee, or a four-year $141 million deal somewhere else. Michael Kidd-Grilchrist Kidd, opting in, into a $13 million option for 2019-20 with the Charlotte Hornets. In the NHL, the Anaheim Ducks have bought out Corey Perry after 14 seasons with the club. He has two years left on his contract with an annual cap hit of $8.62 million. The buyout saves the Ducks $6 million in cap space. Perry is a four-time All-Star and has captured both the Hart and Maurice Richard trophy after a 50-goal campaign in 2011. In 988 career games, he racked up 372 goals and 776 total points. The NHL Awards show, it goes down in Vegas tonight. MLB live action, one of the worst starts of his career. The worst. Blake Snell only got one out, walked four, and gave up six earned before getting the hook. It's his latest dud. The reigning Cy Young winner has ERA jumped to 4.40. Yankees all over the Rays right now, 12 to 1, still batting in the bottom of the seventh rest of the mlb betting board a little bit later game one of the doubleheader as washington beating philadelphia six to two this afternoon Uh, jose eltuve in houston's lineup for the first time in over a month and cincinnati with two runs in the ninth for a comeback three to two win over the astros big big upset the sweep the reds bring out the brooms against houston baltimore and oakland just underway right now and currently we have scoreless we are scoreless in the top of two And the Padres lead the Brewers 2-1 in the bottom of the first. Bases juiced with two outs. Here's the rest of the board. 640 KC at Seattle. Mariners minus 138.5. Keller versus Gonzalez. Game two of the double dip. Washington hosting Philly. Nats minus 228.5. And Max Scherzer intends on pitching a day after breaking his nose in batting practice. Uh, Yeah, his uh, his eyes are pretty black. He's beat down, but he's still going to give it the old college try here. 705 Detroit at Pittsburgh. Pirates minus 210.9. Zimmerman and Williams, seven oh seven. Angels minus a buck eighty five at Toronto. Nine and a half is your total. Heaney versus Sanchez, seven twenty. We got the Mets at Braves. Uh, Braves minus one forty. 10. welcome, Mets versus Fried Chicken in that one. 2 at 805. We got Cleveland minus one twenty at Texas. Ten and a half. Plutko versus Palumbo, of White Sox and the Cubs. Great names today. Cubbies minus one fifty. Giolito versus Lester. Seven is your total. Eight ten. Boston and Minnesota. Twins, 25 cent favorites, 9.5. Rodriguez versus Gibson. 8-10. Miami and the Cardinals. Cards minus 190, 8.5. Richards versus Ponce de Leon, 940. Colorado at Arizona. D-Backs minus 160. Gray versus Grenky total 8.5. and a half. And at 10-10, we have San Fran on the Dodgers. Dodgers laying 265-7.5. College Baseball World Series Auburn. Uh, losing to Louisville five to three. Vandy and Mississippi State underway. Texas Tech plays Florida State tonight. Women's soccer: Scotland up one to nothing on Argentina, and England up one to nothing on Japan. Both games at the half. I'm Cam Stewart. Stick around, everybody. Mark Lawrence joins us today. We'll break down the ACC football. A whole lot of fun on today's show. Stick around. Red Heat and Rage Hour One coming up next.
2: All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you.
3: Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game decisions ready. Radio has done, Our radio network, iHeartRadio. Tune in YouTube. I am Gabriel Morenci. Throwing it down with the Raging Redhead, uh, Cam Stewart. Will be with you till about uh, seven o'clock Eastern uh, this evening, keeping you up to date. Giving you um, excellent analysis, insight, and winners. The Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. What's up, Cam?
0: What's happening, Marenzi? Uh, are you rocking that uh, Cincinnati under again? Keep digging. Reds win three to two. Reds win. I think they sweep uh, the Astros. What a series for Cincinnati. I got lucky,
3: uh, Cam, because. Um. um I did not even realize it was an afternoon game, and I got to uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook. I haven't been there in a couple of days. I got to the FanDuel Sportsbook today, and I saw a little live in-game action. I wasn't getting the best number, but I had confidence in it anyways. Under seven. Under Dang. seven hits. The Cincinnati Reds. Nice to get the day going with a win. The uh, Cincinnati Reds are now 14-1 and to the under in their last 15 baseball games. And, and listen, I can't come to your house and uh, click it for you, people. We told you about this streak when it was at eight. I wish we would have caught on a little bit earlier. For the record, you yep. know, the Atlanta Braves are 10-0 and 0 to the over in their last 10 games. I hate betting baseball Makes overs, sense. but they, the Braves are 10-0 and 0 to the over. Uh, but uh, Cincinnati, 14-1, guys. So since we caught on, and we did have a couple of the unders during that streak, but really, like, we've bet it every day. Since it was 8-0. So we're now six and one in the last seven days uh playing these unders. It's unbelievable. Like they're they're just a freaking under machine. They're now they're now oh, uh they're getting, like it's 46 and 24 to the under on the season.
0: They got an underrated bullpen too with guys that were starters, but like guys like Amir Garrett, as we talk about. Also, their starters are pretty good. They're just in Cincinnati. Castillo's a great pitcher. Desclafani can give you some quality starts. Maley's been better lately. So that's the thing about the Reds. At the start of the year, all the pundits, oh, yeah, the bats, the bats. They're going to score a lot of runs and give up the runs. It's actually opposite. They're getting pitching, and rarely do they score, but a nice 3-2 to two win today. Yeah, we're going to keep on rocking those unders because uh, they've really, uh, their pitching looks a hell of a lot better the last couple months.
3: Uh, Reds uh, sweep uh, the Houston Astros. Uh, we'll break down uh, the baseball uh, board. We'll get you caught up to date. Uh, there's a college World Series action going on. We'll see if Lou is uh, stepping up and in yet uh, with some college uh, World Series. Uh, action uh, for us. I know we've got UFC, the Korean Zombie uh, returns. Uh, the thing I'm most interested in uh, right now is uh, the NBA, NBA draft, draft and free agency. NBA draft and free agency. I put in a, a draft prop already, uh, so I got one draft prop. I've been talking about it for the last 24 hours or so about Darius Garland. We'll get into that. we to do a Kawhi Leonard update. Uh, free agency. Chris, uh, Chris Paul Skip Bayless falls for a, uh, a parody accounted for. Go. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat, Rage our Radio, Fantasy Sports our Radio Network, of course, uh, iHeart uh, Radio. Tune in, YouTube, and whatever uh, platform you're joining us. We appreciate it. I'm Renzi, Is Cam Stewart. Uh, let's get down to business so we can uh, get to as uh, many teams and topics as uh, possible uh, with uh, the guru from the playbook, uh, playbook.com. Uh, you can get all the information. You can get the playbook on your mobile Uh, device as well Uh, but you can also order the magazine if you're old school Uh, and if there's still a newsstand that hasn't been uh, demolished and placed by a starbucks in your town uh, then you can check out uh, playbook at your local newsstand or magazine stand uh, as well mark lawrence playbook.com joins us how you doing mark
5: doing great gabe and i'll tell you this if you looked up the definition of old school in the dictionary you would see my picture there yes
3: <laughs> yeah, well. I'm moving in picture, on the Mark. uh good. <laughs> I'm moving in on the Sterling Club myself, uh Mark, uh, to be yeah, honest. G- uh, that's right, you.
0: Gabe. 5 $5 menu, Gabe, you're almost there. I'm a couple of years away
3: from getting treated. Uh yeah, uh, at least I, I'll take advantage of it too.
0: <laughs>
3: Here's my ID, sir. <laughs> damn right you will. <laughs> yeah, I I can't wait. That's one of the advantages of a 50, buddy. But uh, I was actually going to say, too, speaking of old school, uh, Mark, uh, we took the shot last week about the shock therapy. How about them Toronto Raptors, Mark, NBA champions?
5: Yeah, that's really nice, Gabe. It was nice to see that. We kind of had that feeling that they could do it after they pulled the rug on Milwaukee, especially with Golden State not being 100% healthy. We mentioned about racehorses being 100% fit to win big, big races, and Golden State wasn't 100% fit and a tip of the hat to the Raptors. They did a great job, and uh, I really like the makeup of that basketball team. I just hope they can keep them all intact come next season.
3: Yeah, well, that's it. We'll see if uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think he is going to resign, uh, but until it's official, it's not official. But what is official is um, college football is rapidly approaching uh, right now. We began our college football preview last week with the American Athletic Conference. Uh, now we're into uh, the ACC. and um, by far, this is the most sort of, um, uh, you know, people talk about income in uh, in, in quality right now, uh, Mark. You know, this is the classic one percent. Clemson's the one percenters, and everyone else the ninety nine percenter here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Clemson's minus six hundred guys. Yeah, they're minus six hundred. Cam, uh, by far, the largest conference favorite. The second closest largest number is uh, Alabama. At minus one eighty, Clemson minus six hundred. Mark the closest uh, team after that, Miami, Florida, plus eight fifty. Then it's Virginia thirty to one, Virginia Tech thirty to one, Florida State thirty five to one, NC State thirty five to one, the Qs thirty five, Tech, Georgia Tech sixty five, Boston College one hundred to one. Mark, I wow, the ACC used to be kind of you know Florida State. Clemson and a couple of others right now it's Clemson and everybody
5: else. It is. And, and you know, the tip of the hat to Diablo Swinney. great job that he did. There became the only team in college football history to win a college football championship game and go undefeated for the season. That's the good news. The bad news is now they're going to be a highly targeted football team this year and a hard, highly targeted team that comes back really, really thin on the defense They rank number one hundred in the country out of one hundred and thirty teams in returning production rankings on defense. Does Clemson here? So he's going to have to shore things up defensively that way. But you know, and I know that he recruits as well as anybody in the country.
3: I'm looking at their win total here. It's eleven and a half. So in other words, you're basically betting are they going to go undefeated in the regular season? Um, Their schedule is very manageable, Mark. Yeah, you know, but you know, there there could be a hiccup along the way. It is plus one thirty. To me, Cam, I just can't bet a team that. Hey, listen, they got to go undefeated, and I'm only getting plus one thirty. You told me, all right, listen, I'll give you a plus two hundred, plus two fifty. Clemson can't lose a game; you win your bet. I'll take the bet, but plus one thirty, no value there, guys.
0: No, there's no value, and you know Trevor Lawrence; he he's fantastic. But any type of injury, Gabe. Uh, to Mark's earlier point. Look at all the guys from Clemson on the defensive, the defensive side of the ball that went to the NFL. Key components and players. They'll be able to roll through the ACC, but uh, the rest of it, it's not going to be so simple. And Mark brought up the point too. Targeted now, like these guys are like Alabama, so you're going to get everyone's best. But that's a bad bet, Gabe. I'm with you. I won't be pulling the trigger there.
3: Uh, so this, Clemson's going to win me, this hey. conference.
5: Sorry, Mark. Go ahead, Gabe. Uh, I was going to say this no, on, go, on go, Clemson's go on. behalf. Uh, mentioning that they were undefeated last year. In my database, looking at teams that went undefeated the the previous year, they've been miserable as non-conference favorites of the following year, just 66-91 and to the spread. So you're going to find Clemson in that role two times this year against Texas A&M at home in Game 2, the last week of the season at South Carolina. And if that hiccup occurs, I'm going to go on record as saying it will come in one of those two football games.
3: Uh, Mark Lawrence uh, with us so Clemson you know they're minus 600 to win uh, to win the conference a team I wanted to ask you about uh, Mark and um, what stands out to me in in the preview in the playbook preview is the Virginia Tech uh, schedule and uh, talk to us about this Virginia Tech Hokie schedule and I'm looking for a win total right now FanDuel does not have one up Uh, we'll poke around another couple of books but Listen, Virginia Tech, obviously, I don't think Virginia Tech, they're not winning the ACC this year, but what about a win total to the over? Are you bullish on Virginia Tech, Mark, with this soft schedule that they have?
5: I'm as bullish on Virginia Tech as any team in this conference this year, Gabe. There's no back-to-back road games in sight for this football program. You have Ryan Willis, the quarterback, coming back. Uh, he's been, uh, They've had their third primary starting quarterback now for three years in a row. And what I really like about this team is this. They were red-faced embarrassed last year defensively. Uh, Their defense went backwards 119 yards. That's a Bud Foster defense that's really been uh, their claim to fame. But what I really like inside, look inside these numbers here at these returning production rankings. And we put these in the playbook, new this year, and it's a valuable tool to handicap with. They're number one in the country in most re, uh, m- most repro- uh, returning production rankings in total team defense. So look for Virginia Tech to bounce back defensively. And with a lot of help offensively, I think they're going to be the surprise team in the ACC this year.
3: And how about this, guys? Uh, how about this? So they. They play in the ACC, but they don't play Clemson this year. They don't play awesome. Florida State this year, and they don't play Syracuse this year. Yeah, so you're basically, all right, there's a nice. couple other teams you got to <laughs> play. But, you know, everything sets up very nicely for a, a win total. I'm trying to find one right now, and I still don't see one uh, for Virginia Tech. It's annoying. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I like, I like where Mark Lawrence is going with this.
5: They're also a mission team, Gabe, this year, if you will. They had a losing record last year, Justin Fuente. So those teams generally tend to bounce back, uh, winning tradition-type teams the next year. So I think all the ingredients are in place for this Hokie team to make a lot of noise this season.
0: And, Mark, uh, Gabe mentioned another team that I was just going to ask you about, Syracuse. I love what Dino Babers is doing, but losing Eric Dungy, he was a good quarterback. They're bringing in Tommy DeVito. I, I, li- I like this team. I think Syracuse, they're climbing, mostly known for the basketball with Bayham, but he's done, Bayham has done a great job there. What do you think? They got some nice additions from some big time programs, too. And with the weaker uh, conference, Mark, because you know it's Clemson and everybody else, what do you think about Syracuse? They do some damage?
5: I'm a big uh, Dino Babers fan here. Uh, he brings an offense uh, element into this conference that nobody else sees, and I don't believe they've caught up with them just yet. Uh, from four wins to ten wins last season, that probably says that they're not going to get anywhere near those ten wins against this year, but they're going to be very, very competitive. As you mentioned, Cam, they bring in uh, Abdul Adams, a running back from Oklahoma, and Tristan Jackson, a wide receiver from Michigan State. So suddenly players from Power Five conferences want to play with Syracuse, which is really, really good about this football program here. Uh, And I think they're going to end up doing well. They're a little bit of an antithesis about teams that were losers and became winners next year, so they might struggle with the spread, but Syracuse will go bowling.
3: All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll continue talking uh, ACC football with Mark Lawrence. Game time decisions at Heath Rage Radio continues. Fantasy Sports, our radio network. ready to raise the radio fantasy sports on Radio Network. I hearted. Uh, I see a funny story here. Uh, ESPN has cut off Lavar of ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> funny how like, they, they put LeVar Ball on TV every day. And now LeVar Ball's not on team Lakers, ripping the Lakers, laughing at the Lakers, ripping LeBron and everybody. Suddenly he's always oh, he's cut off. No, no, we don't need LeVar Ball anymore. We'll get to that a little bit uh, later on. Mark Lawrence. Uh, with us I just gotta bring up uh so uh Eric Dungey um Eric Dungey no longer the cornerback the at Syracuse uh this year but I love the name uh guys of the new kid in town here Tommy DeVito
0: <laughs> Yeah Tom DeVito hey. <laughs> Tom,
3: Yeah, Tom Tommy, <laughs> Tommy DeVito <laughs> Tom you know. and yeah, I don't know like man there's so many of these like kids. Yeah, is it like uh, is, it, is it Danny DeVito have a kid or a grandkid or something like that? Uh I want to look up uh, Tommy Tommy DeVito's uh, bloodlines here, but Tommy Tommy DeVito in for Dungy, more of a uh, a deep thrower here, Mark. So he'll be able to expand uh, that Dino Baber offense a little bit with uh, more more deep throws this year.
5: He will, and the good thing about him, Gabe, is that he got some playing time last football season when Dungy got hurt, so he's experienced, an experienced backup coming right in. I don't think they'll miss a beat offensively. I know Dungy had a pretty good career at Syracuse, but DeVito looks to be a tailor-made replacement.
0: Mark, so I was who, gonna ask who you are some of the Florida other state i peak yeah.
3: here? I'm sorry, guys? Florida State. Yes, sir, we have a delay going here. Uh, I thought you'd jump in, Cam. There's a little bit of a delay there. So, yeah, Yeah, so what what about Florida State? total is seven.
5: Well, you know, as we called in the the, uh, preview here, Florida State obviously has had their woes here of late the last two years. They've only won 12 games uh, the last two years. Coincidentally, Willie Taggart as a head coach, both at Florida State last year, at Oregon two years ago, Those two teams were dead last in the country in penalties per game, which tells me that this is a coach, head coach, that lacks discipline when it comes to the the players. And this is not the program to be at at Florida State if you can't (laughs) discipline your players here. (laughs) Uh, You know, there are wild horses there, and uh, I just think they're going to continue to have their woes unless he can rein them in, Willie Taggart can. Uh, But they do come back. Again, with this returning production ranking, 13th best in the country overall. So they do bring a lot of reproduction coming back, this football team. and They're going to have a little bit of a quarterback battle, too, here. James Blackman, who played on and off a lot last year when DeAndre uh, Francois got uh, in, in, in all that trouble, He's going to battle with Alex Hornibrook, who transfers in from Wisconsin. So, a quarterback battle going on there that way. But uh, I'm not a big Willie Taggart fan, and I will not be laying points with him.
3: I'm not a massive Hornibrook yeah, Mark, fan my, either at the quarterback.
0: I'm not. I'm not a Hornibrook fan either. Like even though he's 26 and six, Gabe, you know he makes a lot of mistakes. On my book, Mark, Florida State seven and a half. Don't you think that's a little ambitious for them to win eight games?
5: Yeah, because they haven't won eight games in th- it'll be three years, you know, if they do that, and uh, I just don't see the improvement coming from a team like I mentioned. Uh, not only were they bad in penalties, they were 117th in sacks allowed last year. They were 123rd in the country in negative turnover margin, and they ranked 126th in third down conversion percentage. These numbers just don't add up for Florida State. I think this total is based a lot on name and reputation.
3: NC State were a trendy team uh, in the past uh, couple of years, uh, Mark. But uh, as you uh, write, uh, there has been uh, changes, a lot of changes uh, right now uh, up there in their rally, specifically at the quarterback position. Ryan Finley uh, no longer uh, there uh, right now. Uh, they lost their two top leading wide receivers, uh, top running back. Uh, you go down the list and uh, they, they lost a lot of player production uh, coming in. Uh, to this year. What do you make uh, of the Wolfpack, and will they surprise people because people aren't expecting as much from them due to all the changes?
5: I'll be surprised if the Wolfpack plays anywhere close to what they've done the last two years. The offense was completely gutted last football season here. You mentioned Finley will be playing in the National Football League these days. Dead last in offensive returning production for this football team here. There's a whole new overhaul going on place here right now. Uh, with this football program here. Uh, Five Wolfpack quarterbacks will be playing in the National Football League this year, including Gillespie, I mean, including, I should say, Finley. And uh, their top running back, Reggie uh, Gillespie, also gone. So there's a lot of holes to have to fill for this football program here. I just think it's going to be NC State, again, another name and reputation type team here, and I think they're going to struggle to make a bowl game this season.
0: Hey, Mark, I want to talk about Louisville, and I like uh, what you're talking, playing with a little bit of house money, a program that's really, really, really taken a hit uh, when, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson uh, left there. They've been, their team that used to score and their defense used to be absolutely abysmal, Mark, but there's a lot of positives with Louisville, and uh, in the playbook there, you think uh, they actually, this could be a team that uh, maybe we can bet on, maybe getting some good lines on the cards.
5: I think so, Cam. You take a look. Uh, number one, they had, had won only two games last year, so that makes them a, a mission team this year. After all the winning seasons they had, they bring in Scott Satterfield in from Appalachian State, who just enjoyed all kinds of success there, and his whole coaching staff comes over as well. Uh, they're gonna. They faced last year ten teams that ranked in uh, uh, in the uh, in the top ten in the country last year uh, in win percentage. So. Uh, that's all behind them right now. I think this is a great hire by Satterfeld coming into this football program here. Uh, He's got a tough schedule again, 10 opponents here with winning records again last year. But the bottom line here is he will improve this football team. Tough game to start with Notre Dame. But you know something, if he gives Notre Dame all he wants, and I think the Irish are going to be down big time this year, uh, he could put them on the map here real quick.
3: Uh, good, because Michigan's playing them early in the season, Mark. Uh, I hope uh, Notre Dame are down <laughs> this year. It all comes back uh, We need all the wins. Yeah, I need, need all the wins we can get. Um, so, Pittsburgh Panthers, speaking of needing wins, Narduzzi needed to have a good year last year, and he did, uh, Mark. Uh, but lost a lot of talent, uh, this football team. What do you make of the Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Panthers uh, this year uh, with a pretty difficult uh, schedule uh, coming up?
5: Yeah, real difficult schedule. Gabe, if you take a look, you find 10 teams on their schedule this year that were in bowl games last football season here. That's really, really strong. Uh, And, in fact, if you look at uh, Narduzzi, he's lost 31 games with Pitt. 27 of them have come against teams that went on to a bowl game. So that doesn't bode well for this football team coming back this season here. Uh, he also loses a pair of 1000 yard running backs as well. They're going to need to do some things that they haven't done before because they've got this real salty schedule as we talked about here and I think they're going to have a difficult time getting back to that seven win bowl caliber level this year.
3: It's saltier than a pretzel Mark at Virginia. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's
0: salty. That's a salty yeah. pretzel. They went Pitch- Virginia. They went to Virginia Panthers. I was
3: one- well, they opened up mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh. They would Pittsburgh schedule. They open up with Virginia, so right out of the gate, bam. You get the Virginia, you get the Virginia Cavaliers, you get a conference game. Uh, no no party. You get Frank Solich uh, rolling to town the following week. Then you go to Penn State, and we saw last year, that didn't end well, uh, playing Penn State uh, for them. And then no reprieve after that, Mark. Boom. Central Florida uh, rolls into Heinz Field. It's, you know, I guess they could be 2-2, two and two, but... I'm looking at this schedule, and it wouldn't surprise me if they were 1-3. <laughs> like things could be a disaster. They could be 0-4. They'll probably beat Ohio. Virginia, Pittsburgh, that game, will, the Virginia game will come down to the wire. Can't just ask you about Virginia, but yeah, Pittsburgh's in real tough with this schedule, Mark. They could be in a deep hole pretty early.
5: You know, I'm going to go so far as to say they might not win a conference game this year. Uh, you know, a lot's going to depend upon what happens early with this football team, but uh, those teams in this conference, a lot of which those 10 bowl teams I talked about, are conference opponents this football season here. So I think this is going to end up being uh, kind of an undoing for Pat Narduzzi this football season this year. Uh, Again, the schedule goes a long, long way in doing just that, and I just don't see enough defensively from this team this football season.
0: Mark, I know in Charlottesville they're know mostly known for uh, the brains. Uh, you know, it's a pretty smart school, Virginia. Then you win the NCAA basketball championship, and Bronco Mendenhall's doing a great job with this program. And uh, just looking at uh, the schedule too, Mark, you bring up some really good points here. Some re a real easy ride for Virginia too. Only four foes uh, sporting winning records, and this program's already on the rise. You got to like Virginia, more known for academics, but their uh, sports are really on the uptick there, Mark.
5: Well, as you mentioned, Cam, uh, they're one of the teams in the conference that really doesn't take much of a daunting schedule on. Only, like you say, four opponents had winning records last year. It was their first winning season since 2011, last football season here. But that's been Bronco Mendenhall building this program when he inherited it. uh, They were a two-win team because the players that he inherited didn't fit his concept, his play, and he's gone out and done a great job recruiting, and he's uh, picked up the wins each and every year since thereafter. He's got a quarterback in Bryce Perkins, a good quarterback, 64% pass completion ratio last year. And we mentioned you talked before about that first game of the season against Pittsburgh. Virginia's going to go to Pittsburgh, and they're going to come up with everything they've got in that game. They were seven-point home favorites last year, and they dumped straight up to Pittsburgh last football season here. So put that on your schedule there. Look for Virginia to get out of the gate pretty strong against Pittsburgh game one.
3: Mark lawrence playbook dot com with us. all right, uh, Mark. So uh, we got about it uh, about a minute uh, or so left here. Closing thoughts uh, on this uh, this conference uh, before we move on next week. Uh, we move on down the list. Closing thoughts on the uh, the ACC this year.
5: Well, it looks like it's a foregone conclusion that Clemson will be the representative again in the college football playoffs out of the ACC. So it's a question of who can rise to the level behind them, and I think that team will be, as I mentioned before, Virginia Tech. A lot of people like Miami and Florida this year. I do not. Uh, Manny Diaz has never been a head coach in his career, and I don't know where the offense is going to come. But... So I'll put Clemson-Virginia Tech in the championship ACC game for me.
3: Well, we didn't even get to Mac Brown either. Uh, We'll we'll, 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 we'll have to hit that down the road. (laughs) Mac Brown is back, though, Mark. He's got a lot of talent back, too.
5: Yeah, Mac Brown, uh, he's going to be good for the program. I just don't know. A little bit like Herm Edwards at Arizona.
3: Fellas, game time, for Radio. Uh, I see that FanDuel actually has posted win totals uh, for uh, for the NBA season. It's too bad you have to wait so long because I see a couple of bets here that uh, just uh, jump off the screen. Jump off the screen. I'm looking at my screen you know right okay. now, and my screen's talking to me. You know what it's saying, Cam? It's saying, "Bet me. Yep, bet me.
0: Bet me." bet 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 like fred flintstone he likes to bet i'll tell you gabe do it now i'm telling you like it's like money if you have it, a little bit extra i know it's hard it's not in our psyche me and you are very different like we're emotional people we like to fire it up every day unlike other people but i'm telling you if you like it a couple hundred bucks you know you put it away it's already there and then miraculously, when you win at the end of the season there's money that you found it's kind of like you know finding that last uh ice cream bar at the bottom of the freezer i didn't know it was there oh amazing you know what i mean it's like a treat so anyway that's my suggestion is if you like it now bet it and when the season's over it's just extra money in your pocket right i know it's hard to wait
6: but if it's a good bet yeah, you could be like that that blues guy uh that put that uh 400 out bet on the uh blues and won the stanley cup yes. buddy. why not glad you paid you tuesday for three paul a today yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm doing it. I'm putting four
3: hundred dollars on the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. Pays twenty five thousand
6: dollars. Hey, why not, man? Can't afford. You Can't, can't exactly. go wrong with that. To be like uh, that, that uh, like that little <laughs> cartoon from a uh, Family Guy. He walks into the bookie, gives him the hundred bucks. No, you keep it. Walks right out. Right, but look at the cat, laughing <with> his ass <laughs> off. Like <it>
3: goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl, that's ambitious game, but I, I, I love, I love your uh, dedication. Well, the St. Louis anyway. Blues. To the, to what, the who has a better who
3: who who had a better chance? Hockey's different. The Buffalo Bills yeah, no. Hockey's are sixteen to one. I, the know. Bills I know.
6: I
0: don't have a goalie. <laughs> problem. If Josh Allen was their goalie and he can, you know, make a lot of saves, I think that'd be great. I think the Bills are going to win eight eight games this year, maybe nine. So maybe you get that wins over at six and a half. That'd be a start. A little bit of juice. Yeah, that's listen. a good start, Yang. Good yeah, start. Yeah, that'd be a start I'm,
6: competing in the AFC East. That'd be nice to see the Bills up yeah, there. Everyone needs to settle down.
3: Um, I'm going to do, I'm putting everyone $400 to- <laughs> on the Buffalo Bills every year until I die. There you go. That one might of these work. years. One of these years. You know, one of these years,
6: they're going to win. That might work.
3: And, and, might and work. I'm going to win like 25000
6: $50,000. And I'm going to make sure the mics are all so you know you can remember me, buddy.
3: Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Um uh, Josh Allen. Yep, yep. Josh, Josh Allen has a Super Bowl in him. Yeah. He's got he's going to a Super Bowl in his career. I I don't predict this often about quarterbacks. I predicted that Matt Ryan. I said Matt Ryan would win a Super Bowl. When he, when he got drafted, I said Matt Ryan will oh, win a Super
0: Bowl. He should have if not If not for their damn play calling and collapse against the Patriots, it's not like, he, you know, come on now. He's real close. Real close. And, uh, I did...
3: Uh, I said that uh, Kyle Bowler would win a Super Bowl. And uh, I was right. He got a ring. He just wasn't playing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, buddy. I. We, oh. it, it's tough. I thought Ryan Leaf would be a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. Like, I... I I'm a stooge like I mean, that was a stooge prediction but you know what are you going to do the, the bill's not up. Do you remember do you remember Craig Sager,
3: uh, poor guy passed away, remember the guy with the suits? Yeah. The ties, yeah. On Green TNT styles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, he was the basketball guy. He was the basketball guy on uh, on TNT. Yep. He passed away. I remember when the Cubs mm-hmm. uh, the Cubs won the World Series, he had the ticket. And that paid pretty good too. And uh it turned out that he had played a Cubs future every year for like the last twenty-seven years or something. It finally hit. That's cool. You know, yeah. So um, I'm telling you, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. You know, if if so, listen. How many more years do I have? Let's say uh, well, I want to be ghoulish. Let's say four. Let's say hopefully I live like another uh, thirty plus years. Um, That's good. Good. Four hundred yeah, dollars like a year. i like to see that. That's. That's I'm only twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, it's only twelve thousand. Oh, yeah. then, then you win more. If they win once, we win big. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I'm feeling it. The Buffalo Bills, sixty to one.
6: They need to do it now while the Patriots like are your- like uh, playing pretty thin over there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's> the best. <laughs>
6: yeah, we need Tom yeah. Brady yeah, to go Tom away. Until yeah. yeah, Tom a, Brady retires, you'll uh, get a nice uh, odd. And then that Jets defense, man, that that Jets uh, kind of stepped up their defense uh, this year a little bit in that draft, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, Don't worry about that. I've
0: already made that bet, Gabe. I got 11 and a half under with the Patriots this year. There's no damn way that team's winning 12 regular season games. I think it's one of the best bets on the board. 12 wins. Come
3: on. 12 12 wins for the Patriots, and we'll go over their schedule. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's bring bring in a – Let's bring in a Patriot fan right now. Uh, Bob from uh, Pat's Country yeah. up there in Vermont. Patriot Country. Hey,
7: James, I, I hate the Patriots. Hey. Hey.
3: I'm what's up, Bobby?
7: Hey. hey,
3: what it's else it's Bobby Boston? Hey. Bologna. Huh? all right bob so uh how did things go Bologna? today how did the uh how did the seniors enjoy the ice cream oh well, they enjoyed the ice cream and then
7: a lot
3: of them enjoyed the uh, blondies today too all right so blondies see blondies is a sports bar in vegas that i did a show out of uh for a couple of months yeah. i know that cam do you know what a blondie yeah. is
0: yeah, it's like yeah, a brown. is like... basically yeah, yeah. It's a it's a brownie. It's about but it's a light beige color, not like dark brown. Gabe, not, yeah, it's like not just chestnut brown. No, it's, it's uh not dark. basically yeah, it's a bar. It's a it's a dessert bar. it Goes good with uh, yeah, it's very you know, good. You coffee and try. tea, it's very good, very fattening oh no, It's a racist <laughs> dessert. <laughs> what? It's a ra- no, it's light brown. I tried one today. I tried one. It's you
7: more than desert.
3: one, you know, like, well, I don't know, like who calls a brownie a blondie?
7: Yeah, it's a brownie. Well, I don't know. The person who made the brownie, I guess. Blondie. I don't know. They're they're idiots.
3: Like, uh, oh, it doesn't make any like sense. You like I do like uh, blondie. Ooh. I
7: like
3: this one. I do like blondie. The tide yeah, is too. high, but I'm moving on.
7: On. And Ooh, hard I'm going
3: to be your
0: number one. Hey, Kim, how you doing, Kim? Or one. Pretty good, Bob. My horse Damn, just came good. in third. Should have won, but he went sideways. But hey, at twelve to one, what are you going to do? I'm I'm doing okay, Bob.
7: So what about the uh, the Tampa Bay game? You lost that game too today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I lost Tampa Bay today. That's good though. No, Bob knows yep. my bets. I, I got to be on Well, you're the one who told me that Snow Bob, is a great
7: pitcher. I'm going to tell he you something. Bob, let me tell you something. <laughs> Gary Sanchez <laughs> did I make all a run. statement? It's gonna go bad.
0: It's what? gonna go real bad. Ask Gabe. I got I called fires that pitcher on uh, on uh, Oakland. I said dumpster fires, the guy had a no hitter that night. And then I said, Hey, yeah. smell today had the worst start of his career. So if you're gonna lose, I know he only bad. got
7: one one out that whole for sinning. And that's his worst.
0: Yeah, I had Cincinnati. I got uh, Cincinnati was a big boot. I love tomorrow the they're gonna have Butterscotch pudding. To pudding. Oh, is oh, it Butterscotch Pudding, pudding nice, Day tomorrow?
7: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's because about time, Bob. Like you know, that'll keep them regular, yoga. right, Gabe? Like too now many bars and stuff. It's gonna bung them up. They need pudding. They need pudding to keep it regular. Oh. So you
7: should come up, uh, Gabe, and have some uh, butterscotch pudding with
3: us. Yeah, I think me, me and Cam, I, we should do this show live from the seniors' home. Yeah,
7: that'd be that'd
0: great. Be they like people. They that would be awesome. You can that's stay at my apartment. Gabe? I know. You oh, that'd be great, in my Bob. Cabin. I'll you something, too. Seniors like Marenzi. You know what I mean? I used to take the public transit. Uh, I would be surprised a because seniors <laughs> don't like bullshit, right? Yeah. They don't like people who are like, "Hey, nah, nah. Like, I remember we used to seniors, love your show and stuff. I'm like, this guy's like 85 years old. He's Gabe is awesome. Gabe, what are you anyway, Gabe got...
7: is the man. Gabe is the, the man. man. Hey, Gabe, we do appreciate you ever hear this uh, 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 sports fury from, um, uh, on YouTube, it's called the Sports Fury.
3: No, uh, I don't know, Bob. Do you hear
7: that channel? They, no, I don't know, They are no. uh, uh, my friends. They're from uh, Texas. And my friend Chris oh, yeah, went yeah. to Texas, and they networking with him. So they have three guys on that network now.
4: Good he's
3: stuff. from
7: New York originally. Is that-, right.
3: Is that a good name, Sports Fury?
7: And he's moving to that- Texas where the Dallas Cowgirls with a
3: And yeah, You're gonna to move to Texas too?
7: No, I'm not gonna to move to that. I, I would really like to see the um, the stadium because the players walk right through the bar to get to the field. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, they walk right through the bar. And you could get their autographs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, no, they don't give autographs I don't think they before the game, get their but. Autographs at that time. No, before the yeah. game. Well, you got to You got to come up to nice... uh,
3: to a Giants game Pop?
7: Yeah, we me and Michael are going to the Jets and Giants game. Are you going to that game?
3: What the November preseason
7: game? 10th. Yeah, me and my brother going. Oh, they
3: playing a They play in a regular season too?
7: Yeah, they uh, This is the East against the NFC East against the um AFC East. This year. So we're going. It's yeah. November
3: tenth. We're going. So do you want to go to that November game? November tenth. Uh, yeah, that's no, crazy. No, actually, you're right. Yeah, they don't. November the tenth, a regular season game. Well, oh, that's going to be a nut job show in the parking lot. Yeah, it's a
7: Sunday game at. Uh, don't 12:00. wear
3: your. Uh, don't wear all your Boston fan gear. Eh? It's going to be all New Yorkers in the parking lot, Bob. <laughs> you're going to you, know, no. you as a Patriot no, fan no, have to no, watch no. out.
7: And then those people I talked about, they're going to the game too. They're coming down. All the Giants and Jet fans are going down. I could meet. All them. right, Bob. Yeah, I Good love you hear you, you guys. You're awesome, guys. You're the best.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. And we'll that. Talk to you
7: tomorrow before I leave for work.
0: I'll Thank you, Bob. Up. The seniors' uh, mm-hmm. home there, Bob. Butterscotch pudding. What? We're missing out. I could. Uh, we're missing yeah, out on no, the butterscotch, butterscotch Dave
7: pudding. Loves butterscotch pudding, he says.
3: Oh, I don't love butterscotch pudding. It's okay. It's it's one of those things where you have one of them and it's enough. But I'm just saying, pop. Yeah, you know, too. you had ice cream. You had yeah, like brownies. The yep. You gave them bananas. I told you, old people like butterscotch pudding.
7: Yeah, they do. They do. That's what um, that, Dana said, my manager.
3: And get the people what they want. All right, thanks, pop.
0: They like shortbread yeah, too. You they to they to like to the dip shortbread. Shortbread, that's a winner among the fruitcake. Yeah. Fruitcake, yeah, I don't all like right, fruitcake. Right, See you later. You know, Alright, I like everything. Hang up, Bob. Bob Alright, bye, bye, Bob. He go. later, Bob. He gone. Yeah, fruitcake sucks. A walk. Like,
3: first of Not all, a he wants, head, Yang, but that's a walk. You want
0: cherries and greeny things in your cake? Like, if you like fruitcake, you're a fruitcake. Like, who? It's got like green cherries <laughs> in it and red stuff and plastic. Like, if I wanted to eat like a tree. I go eat a tree. I don't know if you can say that.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't know. I don't know if <laughs> I don't if you call a fruit somebody a fruitcake. I would call somebody a fruitcake. That's not very <laughs> offensive. Somebody called me a fruitcake. I go, okay, I'm a fruitcake. What are you going to do about it? It's got those weird things you in like- it, Gabe. All weird color. Nuts and green stuff. Bad cherries. Yeah, no thanks. Dude, there's
3: no way in hell. I, I, I'd rather starve oh. to death than eat
8: Hey! Hey!
3: Time decisions. Ready and Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network will get into the NBA draft and their prop uh, UFC College uh, World Series. Lou uh, joins us in uh, level two. Uh, All kinds of uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, speculation and updates and everything else in between, but all signs point to uh, him staying with the Toronto Raptors unless he decided to buy property. Enroll his daughter into a private school. And uh, now New Balance is releasing a Toronto Raptor edition of his freaking shoe. So, I don't really know what more needs to happen. And the thing is, the deal wouldn't be announced until July 6th, guys. Right? Like, you know, we all wanted him to come out and say the other day, I'm staying. And he pretty much did the wink-wink thing. I mean, throughout the entire day and parade but nothing's legally done cam until it's legally done especially when you're talking about you know 194 million dollars you've got to sign the paper the lawyers have to go over everything there's fine print etc uh but you know michael landsberg doesn't break a lot of stories it's not like that's landsberg's game landsberg doesn't care cam the guy's rich he doesn't need the scoop or the publicity right so and we no. you and I both also know Landsberg is as connected as anybody in the rich guy real estate world of Toronto. Oh, so big big if Landsberg heard about Kawhi getting the property, then you know it's true. Um there's the uh, the daughter story uh, now that's pretty much been confirmed that you know his daughters are enrolled in a private school that just happens to be in the same neighborhood that Landsberg uh, said about the uh about the uh, about the property and now New Balance is shipping out purple Raptor shoes, championship edition. Like, come on. Oh yeah, and he's a Niagara Falls right now. I swear, man, if you guys can fight action, they that.
4: everybody
0: on absolute fantasy sports news Update. lots of nba news of memphis grizzlies icon on the move memphis trading point guard mike conley jr to the utah jazz for a package consisting of Grayson Allen, jay crowder kyle corver the 23rd overall selection in this year's draft and a future first round pick the trade will be made official once the league-wide moratorium ends on july 6th conley has played his whole career in memphis 12 seasons and the veteran averaged a career-high 21.1 points a game last year. Very good season. The Grizz also owned the number two overall pick in Thursday night's draft, and it looks like they're going to pick John Morant. After landing Conley, Utah is now expected to let Ricky Rubio leave as a free agent. The Houston Rockets are reportedly set to aggressively pursue Jimmy Butler as a free agent, according to the Houston Chronicle. Butler is seen as a perfect fit for Houston on both sides of the ball, but as it stands, the Rockets way over the salary cap and cannot sign Butler to that max contract. The 29-year-old expected to decline his $19.8 million player option with Philly in order to land that maximum deal in free agency. It's unclear if Butler's link to the Rockets is related to that saga surrounding Chris Paul. It uh, was reported uh, Tuesday that the All-Star Guard asked to be traded after a breakdown in his relationship with James Harden. The Rocket Brass denied that claim. Butler spent last season with Minnie and Philly. He averaged 18.2 points, 5.3 boards, and 4 assists in 55 games with the Sixers. And as for Chris Paul, well, there had to be. Usually when there's smoke, there's fire there. The New York Knicks apparently got offered a deal uh, for Chris Paul from Houston, and, uh, yeah, they turned it down. Paul, 34 years old, is owed $124 million over the next three seasons. The Knicks holding down the third pick in Thursday's NBA draft, and will enter this summer with $72 million in cap space next year. Milwaukee Bucks forward Chris Middleton declining his $13.1 million option to become a free agent. However, Middleton wants to work out a deal with the Bucks, a long-term solution. The 27-year-old is eligible to sign a five-year, $190 million max contract with Milwaukee or a four-year, $141 million deal somewhere else. Michael Kidd Gilchrist opting into a $13 million option for 2019-20 to stick around with the Charlotte Hornets. NHL news. The Anaheim Ducks have bought out Corey Perry after 14 years. He has two years left on his contract with an annual cap of $8.62 million. The buyout does save the Ducks $6 million in cap space. Perry, a four-time All-Star, he's captured both the Hart Trophy and Maurice Richard Trophy. He had a 50-goal campaign in 2011. In 988 games, he racked up 776 total points. NHL Awards Show goes down in Vegas tonight. MLB action today: the worst start of his career. Blake Snell only got one out, walked four, gave up six earned, and the Yankees absolutely pummeled him. His ERA jumping to 4.40. Yankees beat the Rays 12 to one. The final. Sabathia, he gets the win, career win number two. 50 for CC. Congratulations there Snell obviously the loser in that game. Rest of the board game. One of the doubleheader Washington took out Philadelphia 6 to 2. Corbin wins, Eflin loses. Jose Altuve in Houston's lineup for the first time in over a month but uh, the Reds get it done. Two runs in the ninth inning for a comeback 3 to 2 win. Baltimore and Oakland scoreless bottom 5. Milwaukee and San Diego the Padres have just taken a 5 to 3 lead. We got a 6:40 start on the card Casey at Seattle. Mariners minus 138.5, Keller versus Gonzalez. 7.05 Eastern action. Game two of that double dip between Washington and Philadelphia. The Nats minus 220, 8.5 in that baseball game. Arrieta versus Scherzer. And Scherzer, he intends on pitching just a day after breaking his nose in batting practice. They're trying to bunt the ball. He breaks his nose, but he's still going to pitch. Rest of the board, 7.05 Detroit and Pittsburgh Pirates minus 210.9. Zimmerman versus Williams, 7.07. Angels laying 80 cents at Toronto. Neeney versus Sanchez, total 9.5, 7.20. Mets and Braves, Braves minus 150, 10. We got uh, Doormats versus Breed Chicken, 2 at 8.05. Cleveland minus 120 at Texas. Plutko versus Palumbo, great handles there, 10.5. White Sox and Cubs battle of Chicago. Cubbies minus 150, 7 is your total. Giolito versus Lester, 8.10. Boston and Mini, Twins laying 25 cents, 9.5. Rodriguez versus Gibson, Miami at the Cards, Cards minus 198.5, Richards versus Ponce de Leon. de Leon, Colorado and Arizona at 940, D-backs minus 155, 8.5, Gray versus Greinke, and 10-10, San Fran at the Dodgers, Dodgers minus 265, Pomeranz versus Hill, 7.5, College Baseball World Series, Louisville beat Auburn 5-3, Vanderbilt, huge inning, they're up now 6 to nothing on Mississippi State, top five, Texas Tech meets Florida State, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight and uh, there it is everybody i'm cam stewart stay tuned we got damn blue I'd like to thank mark lawrence for dropping by hour two a red heat and rage radio is coming up right around the corner we'll talk some nba draft pops talk mma with get and college baseball world series maybe he's got some picks so stick around hour two red heat and rage radio coming up next
2: all you have to decide
5: is what to do with the
2: time that is given to you. Time decisions.
3: All right, we're in the level two. Game time decisions ready to our radio. Thanks to Mark Lord for joining us uh, earlier. Talk some uh, ACC uh, football. Clemson and everybody else. Not a very, uh, very good uh, conference uh, this year, but Virginia Tech, once we see a win total, could be uh, something to keep our eye on. Vanderbilt's pulling away right now from a Mississippi State in uh, the College Baseball uh, World Series. Michigan, one win away from advancing uh, right now to uh, to Omaha. Um, so uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to, including UFC, the Korean Zombie returns. It's Wednesday, so Cam's got a bunch of golf picks uh, to get to uh, the Travelers Championship. We've got some baseball, NBA draft, all kinds of stuff going on. And Cam brought it up, uh, Journey Update. Uh, that uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, Utah Jazz get uh, Mike Conley, and uh, looking at the win totals, uh, Cam, the sports books are very high. They have the second highest win total in the Western Conference, of uh, the Utah Jazz, and with all due respect to Mike Conley, even like Mike Conley's not really an upgrade yeah. on on Ricky Rubio. Like I don't know, yeah, it's they don't want to upgrade, pay Rubio, so yeah, they bring I'm Conley in. It, yeah, I guess kinda. Thing with Conley is he's offensive. No, you're injured. right. He's not getting any younger. He gets hurt all the time. He's good. You know, like Conley would be better on a really good team. Like, if, if you told me, yeah, yeah, Conley's joining the Lakers, and then I'd be like, yeah, you know what? They got something now. You got Conley at point guard. He doesn't have to exert himself too much. Just, you know, alley-oop, pass the ball to LeBron and to, to AD. Fine. But Conley going to Utah and grinding in the altitude every night, Cam, I, I'm not I'm not in love with this, actually. I just think I think they're a little overhyped, bro, at 52 and a half. But, like, to me, like, number one, the Lakers aren't the best team in the West. And to me, Utah aren't the second best team. That's why you're right. Like, when I get a couple of bucks, I'll jump in on this. And we talk about it all the time. I'll just put it in the drawer. Because the the numbers are wrong, man. The numbers are wrong. Like, the Lakers are not winning 54 games. They won 37 games last year. 17 more game improvement, Cam. Come on. They're not winning 17 more games this year because they have Anthony Davis.
0: No, and Anthony Davis is probably going to get hurt. We'll see what happens there. This guy can't get through a whole season without getting hurt. That's a given. As for Utah, I'm with you. I think that's an inflated number. Sure, they got Mitchell, but the rest of the team playing in the Western Conference, that's ambitious. As you said, Conley is a slight upgrade, but not a big enough one to improve the number there. There's too much competition, too. The Pelicans are going to be interesting. Like Their team's getting better. San Antonio's not going to sit on their ass. I'm with you. Under Lakers, under Utah.
3: Uh, they, you know what's funny too the, the Toronto Raptors continue to get no respect and their win total was 52 and a half uh, the Raptors let me see the Raptors um, the Raptors record uh, by season like I gotta tell you they've won more than 53 games Cam they've won more than um, 53 games i think like four or five years in a row yeah. type of deal now uh, we'll hit this on the other it's side for loses step up
0: yeah. you know game when kawaii sits they have depth they win games without him so yes i'd look at the over they
1: All
3: right, game time decisions, ready to it's radio it continues. Madison Sports Radio Network, iHeart, tune in. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to Lou, Gamblu, uh, dot com. We'll cut the small talk as uh, Level 2 rolls on uh, right now. I mentioned College Baseball World Series. Lou's a big fan of the College Baseball uh, World Series. Vanderbilt up 6 nothing right now on Mississippi State. I mentioned the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, yeah, I thought Michigan's baseball program was a little better, but I guess they haven't made it to Omaha in a long time. So it's like 1984 or something like that. But uh, let's bring in uh, Lou uh, right now. Gamblu.com. What's going on, Lou?
1: Not too much, guys. Always a pleasure to uh, speak a little sports with you on Wednesdays.
3: So have you started uh, Have you started betting the, um, the, uh, the college uh, baseball
1: yet? Yes. Uh, so far... Uh, having a pretty good campaign, we've had Michigan in both games as you know plus one forty five, plus one fifty underdogs, uh, which is good because it's going to overcome uh, a one unit bet on Mississippi State plus one fifty that we made that we're working right now, and uh, clearly that that game is not going to uh, that game is not going to come in uh, tonight. Texas Tech uh, will be playing. Uh, in the normal, they had to play three. They finished one game earlier than this. They moved this game, which should have been played last night at 7 p.m. Central, to noon today, at least noon Pacific, noon Central. And then uh, tonight we'll get Texas Tech and Florida State, which was the only originally scheduled game for Wednesday. And what I can tell you is uh, there's this has been an unbelievably typical pitching small ball tournament. Uh, today the conditions as far as the wind are as favorable as they're gonna be. We're now gonna get into Texas Tech's second game, Florida State second game. We're gonna get thinner with pitching. We're gonna we have two really good offensive teams in Florida State and Texas Tech. That that total open ten and a half, it's now down to ten with the over even money. I'd say just continue to be a little bit patient on that one, but I'm definitely playing the over in Texas Tech and Florida State tonight in the College World Series game.
3: Who do you think wins the game? It's uh, Red Red Raiders minus 129, Florida State uh, plus 102. Michigan gets the winner of this game, right?
1: Yeah, and you know, you got a compelling story with each. Texas Tech is a Wiley squad that's been to Omaha before, and they were there last year, so they have good experience. At the same time, Florida State's playing for their coach of 49 years, Mike Martin, who this is his last uh, set of games with Florida State. And they're a highly inspirational team. But I think they might have used an awful lot of juice just to get to Omaha. And I I do view Texas Tech as as the legitimate favorite here. I think they're minus 120, 125. And I would probably stick my neck out on the Texas Tech side if I had to.
3: Yeah, that's what hey, I was Lou, thinking. Texas Tech yeah, uh, minus twenty nine, Florida State plus one hundred and two.
0: How dangerous, uh, Lou, is Vanderbilt? This rocker kid. I've just been reading about him too. He's been unbelievable. He had the no no with what it was at nineteen Ks. Uh, I think he uh, pitching again against Mississippi t- uh, State. This guy's unreal. What do you think about the Vanderbilt Commodores, Lou? I can tell you one thing. This pitcher's a stud. Remember, David Price went to Vanderbilt. This rocker kid's the real deal.
1: Yeah, and today I bet that he wouldn't be. Uh in in traditional traditionally, <laughs> Omaha's been a place where ace pitchers go to blow up. Uh this kid being a freshman, coming off a no-hitter and a 19 strikeout game against Duke, I thought the, the moment might get to him. I was completely wrong. Uh he does look like the real deal. I will tell you that Vanderbilt without question is the most talented And deepest team remaining, and if they go on to win this game, and they end up being the uh, two-win representative in bracket two, uh, Vanderbilt against any other team remaining in this tournament is a big favorite.
3: That's why that's the deal with the college baseball World Series. I have a problem with, and I'm not talking I have like a problem that I'm angry with, but it's it's always so complicated. As you just stated, the two-win bracket two and like. It's like some teams it are the in or the out. Is it elimination
1: game? If you pay close attention to it, it strategically it gives you tremendous advantage if you study it and are used to it going into uh, the College World Series. Now, uh, I had two futures. One was Arkansas. They went. Like how many teams in barbecue, are in the College
3: World Series, Lou? How
1: eight, many? How many teams, teams
3: go to Omaha? Eight,
1: eight. Eight teams arrive in Omaha. It's it's. Designed Designed until they get to Omaha, it's designed exactly like the NCAA basketball tournament with a with regionals of four teams that they go into a super regional and then they break down from super regional, uh, sixteen matchups to eight teams that come to Omaha and then they're bracketed and uh, just like hockey, you got to understand your bracket. So too the College World Series.
3: All right, Lou Gablu uh, Donkoff. Right.
1: Yeah, I like
3: uh, Breaking it down, uh, yeah, you know what? Um, some some very good baseball, actually. It seems to me too. It's uh, I remember watching college baseball years ago, and it sort of looked different than big league ball. Like it, they look like college guys. I'm gonna tell you, like the size and it's. I know using aluminum bats, Lou. You've been watching college baseball a long time, but it really, you know, the players really are bigger, bigger than they've ever been, aren't they? Like, you know, you look at these guys. They look like big leaguers, a lot of them, already, to be honest.
1: They did dull the bats. Yeah, they did dull the bats some time ago. Uh, The kids are getting more athletic, no question, Gabriel. Uh, But what you really see here, in my opinion, is you see a bunch of kids that are playing for nothing but the love of their team. Uh, The better ones were just drafted in the last calendar eight days. So each of these teams has four or five guys that were drafted. Um, But for the most part, these kids are all fit. They hustle every play. They play for pride and for their benefit of their team. And in that way and in that regard, it has nothing similar to do with Major League Baseball.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And at almost college basketball and football, not that they play for their team, but, you know, in basketball, a lot of guys, Cam and Lou, they know they're going to the NBA. You know what I mean? I know exactly. it's, it's rare, but I'm talking about the talented guys. It's like, yeah, like Cam Reddish knows, yeah, I'm having a crap year, but whatever. I'm still a top-ten pick in the NBA lottery this year. Um, baseball, Lou, it doesn't matter how good you are in college, man. There ain't no easy road to the big leagues, right? Everyone knows. If you're a baseball player, you're right. You're playing for the love of the game, man, because you have to go to A-ball in the rookie league, and you're playing in Maine or Vermont if you're lucky, if you're not in somewhere worse. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, double A. And, you know, look at Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler Murray was the ninth overall pick by the Oakland Athletics. There was no guarantee he was ever going to make it to the big leagues. I, he would have. I know he was talented and stuff, but, you know, you look at NFL drafts, so boom, he's a starting quarterback right away as a kid, right away, he's rich. He gets the money. Baseball, as talented as he was, Lou, there was no effing guarantee he was ever going to be a big league star and he was ever going to make big money. He would have had to go through the process like every other baseball
8: player.
1: That, that's, really, that, that's really an excellent point, point. and on that point, you know, there are very, very few examples of guys like Kyle Schwarber that play in the College World Series, go to the uh, pros, and then you know, yeah, get yeah. to play in playoffs in World Series. It'll happen once in a blue moon, but you're exactly right. It's a long, hard, arduous track from college through the double, triple, and uh, all kinds of A ball to get to the bigs. You have to love it. And I would say this, Cam. Yeah. You know, Sam Mitchell
3: Great told me point. this actually. He told me this off, off the air about uh about basketball. I was, I was talking to him about like um you know, the NBA and the culture of the NBA and he told me, he goes, you know, Gabe, a lot of guys that play in the NBA don't really love the game. He said they're just big. You know, he goes, if you're seven foot, you're six nine, you you play basketball. Yeah. You don't really have to you don't it doesn't mean you have a passion for it. You know what I mean? You have to have a passion Good to play point. baseball. Like Lou said, like these kids yeah. on Vanderbilt, they're not getting treated like Darius Garland did on the basketball team. You know? So, you know, this is the only time they're on TV. It's, you got to love to do what you do. Almost like this like martial art. Yeah, you know I mean, there ain't no big pot of gold. You better like doing what you do. Almost like this business. Uh, all right. Pick the on the other side. We'll talk UFC with Lou and Blue. Damn blue. Uh, UFC with Lou Gable, uh, .com. Um, We've got uh, the Korean Zombie uh, returning. As uh, the UFC goes to Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, the Korean Zombie versus uh, Renato Canero. And I want to look, Lou, when's the last time the Korean Zombie has fought? It is. Actually, so it was 2018. Before that, it was 2017. Before that, it was 2013. So to say that he's, you know, been inactive would kind of be an understatement uh, as of late. Um, you know, faces a 30-year-old uh, Moicano who um has been uh, has been pretty active. You know, has already fought, he fought Jose Aldo this year. He beat uh Cub Swanson, he beat uh, uh Calvin uh Cutter before that. Uh lost before that against Ortega, so he's been uh, much more active uh here. What do, what do you make of the fight, Lou? Are you looking forward to this?
1: I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll tell you why, Gabriel, is because for some of the reasons you mentioned, I can't figure out which way this one was going to go because you're right. You have a a highly inactive Korean zombie uh, coming off a devastating uh, K.O. in the last seconds against Yair Rodriguez. But it could be said that, you know, after serving his time in the Korean military, he's mature, he's focused. We know that the guy comes to fight. He's got cardio all day. With, with the zombie, I don't question his commitment. I don't question his maturity, and I don't question that he's going to come to fight. I question the fact that he's given away four inches in height. He's going to be the smaller man, and he has been inactive. Yet, when I look at Moitano, I see the guy with all the physical advantage, I see a guy that has lower IQ in the octagon than a, a, a sunflower, for crying out loud. In his fight <laughs> against Brian Ortega, literally for two rounds, Moicano was absolutely striping Ortega up. And then he walked into a submission and got beaten. And against Jose Aldo, he went out there almost wearing a dress. He never competed. Uh, I see Moitano as without power, and I see Moitano as having a dubious IQ. And so how do I take him, given two to one, to the kid that is probably an overachiever but less skilled fight-wise? So I want to watch how it goes. Uh, there are no totals out for it yet, but I do see for the fight to start round four is even money Boy, that seems to me to be a, a hell of a bargain, because this fight will start round four. Neither of these guys are going to put each other away. This has decision written all over it, unless it's real late uh, and one of them is able to, to take care of the other. I mean, uh, the, the zombie's going to crowd him and want to make Moitano fight, and Moitano is going to want to stand a different distance and piece him up.
3: Um. Lou's bringing his A-game today. Suns. Sure is. <laughs> sunflowers. And we're, we're dresses. Like.
0: Bring your dress.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't see a total yet. I don't see a total yet, but I see Will Fight go the distance. Plus 175. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. No. Minus 250. And if anything, as anyone knows, the Korean zombie knows. Uh, the guy, uh, he's called zombie for a reason. You can't kill him. Um, yeah, you can't kill him. An interesting point that you raised, Lou, actually, though that his inactivity isn't because of personal issues or lost interest in the sport uh, or an injury. The guy was serving in the military, right? He didn't have a choice. He had to do it. They put it off. They didn't let him off the hook. It is what it is. So it's a good point that you raised, Lou. It's not like this guy's been sitting on the couch drinking Budweiser's for the last two years.
1: Totally agree. He's been been serving his country. It's admirable. You got to tip your hat to a mature-based kid like that. And what what I believe is that we can expect his absolute best come Saturday night. And when I look at Moitano, I think that you could expect to see his best after such a complete shellacking and embarrassment against Aldo. But there's some questions for me with his fight IQ. And and um, I, I may have to watch this one. Like I say, I'm waiting for that over. That total total's going to be two and a half, three and a half. And, and even if I got to play the prop starts round four, even money, like I say, that's like stealing guys.
3: John Lineker, uh, minus uh, same, same price range, uh, depending on the book. But uh, John Lineker, about a two to one favorite against Rob Font. One thing we could say about this card, I mean, it's there. It's there's no stars on it per se, but you got dudes that are pretty violent. Like, you know, they're, they're, it's, there's going to be some blood spilled. <laughs> There'll be some blood spilled um, on Saturday. I guarantee it. There's going to be. It's going to be one of those. Oh my, holy shit! Cards like, I. Uh, it's always these cards that bring the violence. So I, I mean, I definitely have my eye on it. But you got Lineker and fought barbarina is interesting barbarina is normally an underdog lou and suddenly he's a three-to-one favorite against randy brown but uh what do you make of the rest of the card here anything catch your eye
1: yeah that's Font lineker fight that's a rematch and in that fight you know you got font that's that's five inches taller he's longer he's got all the physical advantages and he's a He's a fighter that likes to use distance and uh, keep opponents on the outside. Now, in his third UFC fight, he caught Lineker, and Lineker at the time uh, opened 150, closed minus 185, and and won a three-round decision against a Font that was overmatched. But Font, with recent momentum, as well the blueprint on how to beat Lineker by watching Corey Sandhagen keep distance and piece him, up, you know, pitter-patter him and just tip-tap him to death from distance. I think Font's a live dog here. I really like John Leinecker. He's a killer, but he only fights one way, and that's straight ahead with power. And I think Font has the IQ and the ability to stay on his bike and make this thing a really ugly dance in the park where Leinecker never gets close and Font wins a decision. I think he's live at plus 160, 180.
3: I about this for a name, Cam? Montana De La Rosa.
0: Rosa, yeah, Montana De La Rosa, yeah, versus Andrea Lee. The other, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice handle. She's a big dog, um, De La Rosa, plus 185, too. I like taking the, uh, most of the time when I bet the women's fights, other other, other than that killer champion there, I, I like to take the dogs there, Gabe. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, well, I'll tell you what, I don't know, I'll
3: ask Lou, I'll defer to Lou on this one, but uh, this Dolorosa, she is 3-0 in the UFC, uh, taking on uh, Andrea Lee. The only thing I know about Andrea Lee is uh, she went out with the Nazi there, that's what catches my eye, that's what, like, tags me with her, but she is a tough chick, she's been on a roll as well, uh, Lou, what, what do you make of this one, is Lee just going to be too much for Dolorosa, but as I stated, Dolorosa, 3-0 in the UFC as well.
1: Yeah, but only 23, and I think really in for a schooling against just one tough cowgirl that wears cowboy boots and probably rides on top, if you know what I mean. This girl, Andrea Lee, is a tough broad, <laughs> and I think, I think Montana De Montana Rosa maybe gets her Ph.D. in MMA in this fight.
3: Wow, man, you're like Don Rickles. Uh, you're on week, fire! Though. You're oh, Lou's,
1: lose, lose on fire today. I'm glad there's not a demon You guys are serving man. me up, baby. You're serving me up.
3: <laughs> you're on fire.
1: Keep your yeah, roll, we go. Man. We
3: go longer. We That's got a couple crazy, of more man. minutes, but it's getting dark here. It rains every day in New York, and uh, finally, Cardano's like, "All right, come on, oh, man." Because I always say, you know, oh, is
0: that what they did? They asked yeah, you so to we're, change your settings. Yeah, yeah. yeah well... It's Gotham Day. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a dark, misty day. And, and it is. Uh, I, don't change, know what call I could out, probably rip it's down like, my yeah. laser poster too. And I, I, I know he probably wants to I'll punch all well, my body. No, they wanted too, to change but, like sorry. on the fly.
3: They're like, Can you put the backdrop oh, up? Well, no, that's not happening. It's all dark. No, no, no. I said, No, it's not no, as, no, as no, easy as just putting the damn backdrop up. Like it's yeah, like I gotta move around and stuff, and I don't really want to do it, but um it's a problem, like every damn day. Like it's sunny and then it isn't. It rains here every freaking day. It's like Seattle here or something.
1: I don't know how uh, you. Okay, do Lou. It. So, uh, uh,
3: I stay for the rats. um uh, So uh
0: <laughs> I don't know, Lou. I, I often wonder myself. Mean rats there. Uh, before there too, we let Dave, you they, go, they, they bench press pizzas.
3: Man, I saw something the other day dead on the side of the road. I thought it was a dog, right? And I was like, oh, my God. I nearly threw up. I was like, oh. And uh, so I didn't look, and there's a lady walking her dog. She's all happy. She's like, I've lived here my whole life. That's the biggest rat I've ever seen. And <laughs> she's taking pictures of it and stuff. I'm just like, oh, God. Like, I don't want that in Ugh. my phone. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm no. saying? You know? All right, Lou. So um, before before we get you out of here, anything else on this card? Uh, anything a little bit lower uh, on the card catch your eye? We got about two minutes. Left.
1: Yeah, there, yeah. There's a, there's a fight between Kevin Aguilar and Dan Ige. Uh, Ige, Ige. It's it's liable <laughs> to be the best fight on the card. I I'm actually going to be in Omaha over the weekend, getting ready to watch the final th- uh, series for the College World Series. So I'm I'm not going to work the card uh, on my blog as normal because I'm going to be out partying and having fun. But I will say uh, this line hasn't moved much. It surprises me. Kevin Aguilar is a bad dude, and uh, he's only about minus 150 in this fight. I, I think he's in a good position, and I I think 150 is fair. Uh, the other kid is a is a strong fighter. Don't get me wrong. And and uh, this is going to be a highly competitive fight. Uh, Ige probably, he's a great finisher, but I don't think he's been in with the same competition that Aguilar has, and based on that, I view Aguilar as a, as a cheap minus 150.
3: com. We'll jump into the College Baseball World Series next week uh, with Lou. Uh, check him out. Check out his website, Gablo.com. You can follow him uh, on Twitter, at and Lou. Thanks for your time, Lou. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everyone. Later, Lou. All right, we're going to run a, a basketball interview. We did, and uh, we're going to set up shots. This show is just uh, flying by. Are we having fun yet? The morning after continues. We'll see what we can do about uh, Brett Meyer. Uh, uh, actually, uh, we'll talk some uh, some Pelicans, but I want to talk about R.J. Barrett. Chris Patola uh, knows uh, knows college uh, basketball inside out. Everyone's talking about uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, there's something special about uh, RJ Barrett, his father, Rohan, a uh, longtime member of the Canadian national team, uh, very close uh, with Steve Nash. I believe Steve Nash is a godfather. But I saw an AAU coach, uh, I guess uh, RJ's AAU coach, say, this kid, like, wants to murder you on a court. Like, he wants to steal your your soul. And I think he can really light it up. And I know that Nick fans are disappointed the way things have turned out, but R.J. Barrett is a perfect Nick. Let's see what Chris Patola has to say about the draft that's rapidly approaching. Chris, always a pleasure. How are you doing this morning?
8: Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again.
3: So what do you think about – you know, there's so much talk about about Zion Williamson. And, you know, when people talk about R.J. Barrett, it seems like there's more, well, you know, he only scored because he shot a lot type of attitude. And I don't really get that because – you know, I'm a I'm a Raptor fan. I just saw Kawhi Leonard shoot a lot. I see James Harden shoot a lot. I see pretty much every star player in the NBA quite shoot a lot. What do you make when you hear the criticism of Barrett that, yeah, well, he scored 22 points a game, but he had to take a lot of shots to get there?
8: Well, let's also remember, I mean, those guys you you just mentioned, those pros are, are grown men. Uh, R.J. Barrett's 18 years old, so there's – I mean, there's a lot of holes in his game. I will say this, though, and I, I think you hit it right on the head. Like th- He is an alpha dog, and and you can say whatever you want about his game. He produces, and he produces at a high level. And, and when Zion Williamson went out for that stretch of games this year, his numbers went even higher uh, across the board. Uh, he thinks he's the best player in whatever gym he's in. He's got a mentality of, of attack. Um, I don't know if he'll be – you know a 10 time all-star but he's going to be very good and and I think he is to be honest with you and this is not the first time I've I've said this uh, of those top 3 picks so Zion John Moran and Barrett I actually think Barrett has the longest term potential I, I think he's going to be the best player out of those 3 uh for a host of reasons but I I think you hit hit it right on the head he is a killer and he had a fantastic year which I thought at times was overshadowed because he's playing obviously with Zion Williamson.
3: And 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 I'll throw it to you, Joe. And quickly. And you'll know this, uh, Chris. And I was I was talking with Leo Rounds about this, who you know played at Syracuse. He's Raptor analyst, and you know we were on a TV show, and it was it was off the air, and I, we were talking about Andrew Wiggins, and he said, "Look, Andrew Wiggins is a better player in college and uh, in, in the NBA than he was in college," and you know it's tough. Like you know, players they play in a collegiate system. And I think people sort of judge them and what their game is, not really thinking that, you know, the coach is the real alpha dog and alpha male when it comes to college basketball, and a player can only really play in that system so much. And just quickly about Barrett is he played in a Pan Am Games. He played with Team Canada against men, Chris, and and was, you know, held his own, not just held his own, but was one of the better players on court as well. I think people just sort of get defined by their college game a little bit too much. I think it's, it's unfair because a lot of kids sort of get put into a system and they're not really showing everything that
6: they can do.
8: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I think in some cases that's true. Uh, I I think the international experience for Barrett is, is something that stands out. I, I don't, there's no question about that. And there were, You know, for folks who didn't follow him when he played for Canada, he had some big time moments, uh, particularly in in, down the stretches of games. So he's I mean, you you mentioned his dad. You mentioned the the Steve Nash connection. I mean, this this kid is bred to be a pro. He, He fits all the he checks all the blocks that that I think an NBA team would want. I think he's only scratching the surface. Uh, that's why I, I, I think he ultimately, to me, is going to be the better pro out of the other two guys who are probably going to go ahead of him. So I love him. I've loved him all year. And, and again, there, there are holes in his game. There's no question about it. But um, but I, I think he's I think he's bred to be a star in this league, especially as that NBA. There's a lot more space. You know, there's a Duke team this year that couldn't really shoot. Teams kind of loaded up on on Barrett and Williamson. He goes to a situation where, you know, now there's other good players, it's a more wide open game. I I think he's going to flourish even more.
9: You know, Chris, I look at the number four pick and to me, this is really where the draft gets interesting and, and kind of starts with New Orleans and and what did they do now? I know a lot of teams have been dangling Darius Garland. Uh, the Knicks are working him out today and, you know, he's been rumored all over the place and and there are no doubt teams in the top 10 that would love uh, Darius Garland. So what do you think? Does New Orleans pick a Garland or a Jared Culver with the intent of just moving them? Do they stay there? Do you think somebody going to move up how do you think you see the number four pick uh playing out here tonight or tomorrow night rather
8: yeah yeah that's a good question i I think david griffin is trying to do uh and I, i i talked to david about a week and a half ago about some other things but i i think he's trying to do everything he can to maneuver that pick and the reason being what what they are going to end up having is a very young roster to begin with And if you end up adding a Darius Garland, here's my thing about Darius Garland. I am not as high on him as other folks. Now that doesn't mean I don't think he's a lottery pick, but Darius Garland played five games at Vanderbilt. He's coming off an ACL and relative to the other point guard who's going to be taken in the lottery. Kobe white Darius Garland is only about, they list him at six two. He's probably only about six one, about 170 pounds Again, I think he's going to be a good pro, but there is a development there. And so if if you're David Griffin and you believe that the best player available, which is I, I think ultimately what New Orleans would do with that pick, if you believe that Darius Garland is the best player available, then that's the selection you're going to make. But I think the way that David Griffin's looking at it is with Lonzo Ball, with Ingram, with a very young roster that we got in return. And, oh, by the way, we're adding the number one pick. Do we really want to go down the the road of adding another guy? So I don't know what exactly is going to be, what that trade would look like, and and ultimately what David would accept. But I do think he's in a position where if they can get some level of veteran or some other other sort of compensation that doesn't add another young guy to his roster, I, I think he's open to doing that.
3: And I get, I get that thinking. There was a rumor, a potential uh, Bradley Beal, uh, Bradley Beal um, um, rumor to um, to New Orleans for the fourth pick, and potentially Brandon Ingram. And I brought this up earlier, Chris. And I'm actually going to the FanDuel Sportsbook after the show. Immediately put my money where my mouth is. In that, I don't believe there's any hope in hell that the Pelicans. And I agree about, about the, the young player stuff. But I think Jared Culver is pretty NBA ready. You know what I mean? Like, he's pretty mature, and so is DeAndre Hunter. As far as, you know, modern players, I think these guys are both pretty much more mature than a lot of guys, but Darius Garland's represented by Rich Paul, and so is Anthony Davis. And we just saw what Rich Paul and Davis did to uh, to the Pelicans. I don't think they go anywhere near Garland. I think it'll be all smokescreen. I think Garland goes to uh, to the Phoenix Suns, who seem to not mind waiting and building and building and waiting and waiting. And waiting. <laughs>
8: Yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the agent point is, is, is a good one. I, I just, there was, there are a lot of question marks with Darius Garland. There just are. And, you know, you bring up Culver and Hunter, like to me, those guys are safe picks in, in the line of, yeah. of like a Shane Battier back in the day, like uh, Shane yeah, yeah. Battier was a lottery pick and you know, so th- th- these aren't guys who are going to transform your franchise. Now, this is kind of how the draft has become it's it's much more projective it's a much younger deal and so the question is like do you take a deandre hunter and a jared culver in the top 10 if they're just safe picks and that's what i think they are good players versatile the things you said look at hunter, the importance a of basketball
3: iq chris look at you know the raptors just winning i i would seem to me that people would want good smart high iq players like these two guys
8: Yeah,
9: 100% agree. Yeah, and then the question remains, though, uh, you know, you still got Cleveland sitting in there at number five. You you know, who do you think is if, if somebody in the top ten? Do you see? We know Atlanta has been trying to get up there. They've got two picks, eight and ten. Chicago's sitting there, maybe Colby White for them. I mean, who do you see out of those that's, that's seven, eight, and nine? Who's going to be coming up to the top, you think?
8: Well, I love Kobe White. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've loved him all year. And first of all, I, lo- I love his size. I mean, to be 6'5", 190 pounds, and built pre- pretty solidly at the point guard position is is phenomenal. And, you know, the, the knock on his game is that he's not quite a point guard yet, which is true. But this dude mm-hmm. scores like he breathes. And he, he was Carolina's uh, leading scorer in ACC play. He's as quick a point guard to come out of there – you know, since maybe Ty Lawson, he he's so good north south. Had some big time numbers this year in terms of scoring, and and he became better like that as as he got better at that point guard position. Carolina got better as the year went on. So, like I'm I'm I think he's going to be a very good pro, and I think as as he continues to get better at that position, the nuances of it, etc. Um, I, I think ultimately he's he's the guy for me at that position. And so, like, I think Chicago, it, to answer your question, if he drops to them at 8 or 7, rather, I, I think they'd, they'd be in heaven. Uh,
3: Chris, unfortunately, we've got about 30 seconds uh, left here. Cam Reddish. People thought, you know, okay, Duke going to have three of the top five players taken uh, in, in this year's draft. Cam Reddish's stock has dropped, but it doesn't mean that the kid still isn't born to play in the NBA. What, what's your deal? And we've only got like 20, 30 seconds uh, here, Chris. So what's your deal with Cam Reddish? How far do you think he falls? Do you think he's a top 10 pick still? Will he go in the top 10?
8: I think he'll go in the top 10. He's not a top 10 pick for me. Uh, I'm really? This is Cam Reddish.
3: Mm. Interesting. Well, am um, not alone. I know. I know. We'll see. Um, yeah. All right, Chris Fatola, always a pleasure. SiriusXM, check him out. Um, see if we can get Brett Martell, actually. We screwed him over earlier. We'll see if we can get Brett on. On the program takes but video continues. Madison Sports our Radio Network. Now, would shake it, things up uh, a little bit. Uh, we've gone uh, with the uh, yeah, looks. Gone nice. with the uh, the mountain side. Yeah, looks like we're in California suddenly, doesn't it? A rainy California. Yeah, it
0: does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looks nice though. Really nice. Yeah, you got the power wires. Other than the wires in the back, uh, it's all good. But uh, the camera yeah, looks, looks a it's lot a better nice as well. Nice landscape
6: view. Your camera. Yeah, looks your little, camera looks yeah, crystal Yeah, man, look clear. at you, man. You're like 4K there, buddy. You're you HD. I you can see the I sweat on your face there, buddy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, entirety, got, I don't got there. HD. I'm sweat. I'm sweating a. I'm I sweating know. up a storm here, Yang. It is hot, hot, hot here. I don't know what's going on, but no, you look good, Gabe. Like you know look at yours see. compared to mine, you're clear.
6: You can you're actually clear. see Gabe smiling.
3: Yeah, yeah, but you're gonna be able to see like veins sometimes, gang. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, veins popping out no, of will see the veins forehead, if I leave like, the
6: mic on. As long as I'm not, I, I... I won't see a vein pop out, buddy.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna get like a, a line the down the middle of those, my forehead here.
6: Those old
0: anchors—they used to interview those ladies and say, "What hell? What were? What, what ruined your career?" HG. You know, you see HD, the lines. Yeah. You know, it hurt. It hurt a lot of ladies' careers. That's you know okay. uh, that you, know, you can't go as long.
3: I got to. Uh, I've got to find. Uh, we'll find the clip actually. But uh, we actually had your boy Carlo on yesterday.
0: Yeah, your uh, Sean texted me. He's like, Carlo Koliakovo's on. I'm like, what? I go, yeah, I know him. So yeah, that, I, that's pretty cool that he did that. Why were you talking? Uh, what NHL draft with them or uh, ra- Raptors? No, we're talking. He's talk- a big Raptor Raptors. fan too. Yeah, we're.
3: Well, yeah, like Sean didn't tell me he was booking him. He told me he goes, uh, you know this guy Carlo. Uh, he goes, I can't say his last name, and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, I know him. <laughs> I said, why he's coming on? I said, I'm actually surprised. I said, he's like, why? I said, Well, I said, Cam knows him well, actually. Like, uh, let's see if uh, they put the the thing up. But I asked him about you. I set it up though for him to take a shot at you. I forgot. I wanted to play it for you.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, for, for sure. Oh yeah, you yeah. get. Play it for me on Surprise when I don't see it coming. Oh, he'll, he'll take a shot at me. His brother's even worse, but uh, he's my fantasy football p- partner. They're identical twins. <laughs> I didn't set so what, my was lineup one week because my girlfriend's mom... Oh, yeah, my mom, my girlfriend's mom's in the hospital. I, like, I forgot to set my lineup. The guy called me, like, flipping out on me. What kind of partner are you? And I go, hey, man, I had, like, a family emergency. He's like, set your lineup. <laughs> okay, buddy, slow All down. Right, I just...
3: I just sent, I just sent it over to you, Yang. It's uh, it's like in the first minute or two. Uh, yeah, we'll get this. Uh... Right, Carlos, so we're talking about Brooks Kefka. Early, we'll get to the Raptors oh, in Toronto. I love one of your tweets. I gave you credit. I retweeted it, and I said, "Look, at Carlo discovered here." But uh, Brooks Kefka said he's never had a hot beverage in his life. Oh, all right, right Yang. Uh, this so... is gonna take a couple of minutes, actually, Yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fast forward it. Right? <laughs> Good job, Bill. Yeah, 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 it's your quick, quick action. Yeah, he's no, but it's going to take. It. Um... On top of it. Yeah, no, he is. But, like, we've got to get to um... it's like the next question. Want to get something. to the call? We'll play it in the six o'clock hour. I got yeah, my own like like, minutes.
0: I... Want to take Jason in Wisconsin? Yeah, he's got stories, too. That's another thing.
3: Yeah, yeah let's get him on. Otherwise, he's going to wait forever. Yeah, yeah. Get, get, throw Jason on. What's up, Jason?
7: Yeah. Holy Christ. Who said, who said I have stories? That's great.
4: <laughs>
6: you do. What,
4: no. No, one yeah. of you guys said I have stories. Hey. Ken, you said I have stories, uh, when I call hey, guys, You got he like said. a minute, though, Jason. <laughs> I can't. No, you did. Yeah. You yeah. give us hey, a get story. Down,
3: get down to business, Jason. You got like a minute here. We're going to break. We're doing you a okay, favor well, so you're well, not on hold forever. Again, what do you got?
4: Again, rapid fire. Um, so I used to work at. so I can't believe I brought this up sooner. I I, I grew up uh, about high school. And I looked at Garyland Land Greyhound Park and It was the largest Greyhound Park in the country. And uh eighteen to twenty two, there are some forming years of your life And I still have friends from there twenty five years later so on so forth. Anyways, I uh, we used to cash your checks at the teller window, you know. You, start, you know, you're eighteen, you want to get your money. And uh go cash your check at the teller window and try to see what it was. Anyway, and this guy came up to me, he's all junky. He he's you got some money.